You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. You guys, happy Sunday. Happy, beautiful, amazing, shining, wonderful, fantastic, phenomenal, incredible, gracious, loving Sunday. That was a lot of adjectives, but I hope your day falls into one of those categories. Um, How are you? How's your week? Sometimes I wish, like, you could just, you and I, we could just sit have a cup of coffee, talk. Because that's what I feel like. When I get into a posture to make a podcast episode, I always joke, like someone asked me the other day, um, which community do you kind of like spending the most time with? You know, do you like your Instagram community? Um, I haven't done much on I'm trying to, you guys, I, I broke the, the, I don't know if it was a barrier or whatever, but I was like, I'm not getting on TikTok. I'm not getting on TikTok. I'm not doing it. And then I I got on TikTok. And I've actually, I will say, I, I've never consumed TikTok. Like, I don't watch TikToks. That's not the one that gets me. But I am on there. Um, but they asked me that and then, or podcast. And I said, you know, my the people that listen to my podcast, it's so different. Like, if I'm talking to someone that listens to my podcast versus someone that, you know, uh, follows me on Instagram, I can tell. Because my podcast listeners, you guys there's just a different vibe. I feel like you just, it might be because I actually have the time to like more than a minute than you do on Instagram stories to just talk to you guys. But it gives me major, you know, comfy sweater, coffee house vibes. Like if we were just sitting having coffee and I wish it was a two-way conversation. Um, But nonetheless, I will say, I think, you know, every week, I've told you guys this before, there are sometimes weeks I don't podcast. I, I, get like in a podcast spirit all at once. And so I'll do like four or five episodes in one week and then maybe not podcast for like three weeks. But those weeks that I really feel like the spirit of God is like, okay, this is what someone needs a word for. Or this is what, I I just feel it so much so that I do feel sometimes like it is a two-way conversation because sometimes there's something that, I just never in a million years would have thought to talk about. Or it's a different way to talk about something that I'd never talked about before. It's kind of like the other day I was listening to a a podcast with Lisa Harper. And she's like, you know, I've been studying scripture for almost 40 years now. And it's so cool to still see how God will show you new things in the same text you've been reading for years that you literally never saw before. And that's sometimes how I feel like with the same topics that I podcast about, but it's a different way to speak into it. And I think that's God's saying there's someone out there that needs to hear it in this way. So I need you to talk about it in this way. And I think that that's just so cool. All of that to say, I do wish that there was just some sort of um, way we could just get together, have some coffee. If you're an ATL, don't be afraid to hit me up. I would love to connect in person. That would be like the greatest gift of all. Um, I'd love that so much. But Y'all, today I want to talk about something that 
took me years. And I mean years to understand. And I get, I'm, I'm 24. And so when I say it took me years, I feel like sometimes people laugh at that because I know that there are people over the age of 50 that listen to this podcast. And that's, you know, twice my current age. And I think that lo and behold, sometimes the, the gravity to which you struggle with the situation can be so heavy. It feels like you've struggled with it for centuries, even if it has been only four years. You know what I mean? Like, for example, I have problems that just, they don't carry that much of a weight. Sure, they're problems. Sure, they're stuff that I, you know, could improve on or do better with. But I don't feel them to that gravitational effect that I literally feel like they're weighing me down. So much so, do I have other problems that I genuinely, it is like a battle every single day that I have to combat with intention and with scripture. Um... I recently wrote down like four Bible verses that every single time before I get out of my car, I I look at these pieces of paper and I read them because I know that the thing that I'm going through that this scripture speaks to is so heavy on me right now. I can't go any place. I can't speak to any person without being reminding of God's truth to combat that thought. And why I say that is because What we're going to talk about today is something I've battled with for years, and it comes from this performance mindset. I've talked to you guys so much, so much about how in the past I've struggled with associating achievement with love and accomplishment with love and this performance mindset of always having to earn my way to worth has in the past made me kind of look at God as almost as a malicious coach. So some of you know my story. I played college sports. I played college tennis and then I switched to college country, but I started playing sports when I was like four. Uh, Soccer was a sport in my family. We all played soccer. Um, And I remember we went to, uh, gosh, I played soccer for about a decade before I switched to tennis and my soccer coach was just awful. He was awful. I remember being six years old and we lost the game. And yes, it was absolutely my fault. We lost the game. It was. And I remember this guy, oh my gosh. So he was bald. He had no hair. And it frustrated me to no end. Even as a six-year-old, I did not understand. Every time he was frustrated, which it was always with me, he would scream my last name. He'd go, Mayfield. And he'd throw his hat on the ground and he'd rub sunscreen in a frustration kind of way on the top of his bald head. And he would put his cap back on. And I just remember thinking, like, I couldn't even think about the mistake that I made because I was so drowned by confusion as to what purpose putting sunscreen on a bald head and putting your baseball cap on did other than waste sunscreen. And regardless, you know, he would cuss me out after games. But then if I had a good game and I was like one of the, the contributing factors as to why we won, he would sing my praises. And so growing up, I had other coaches like that as well, where you had to, you know, it was, if you weren't the top player, you really didn't get much of their attention. And I get it. Like it's a business, especially for college coaches. It's a business. You have to play your best players. You have to focus on your best players because your family's livelihood is dependent on the money that comes in from them being able to win for you. Now, what that does to someone who's not in the top lineup, which I wasn't, is it makes you feel like you have no value and you have no worth. And then when you do get in the top lineup, you're only as good as your performance. So recently, um, 
It was Thanksgiving, and we were talking about the Elvis movie. Have any of you guys seen the Elvis movie? So I, there was a book on the counter that uh, someone in my family was reading, and it was called, like, this, These Celebrities' Downfalls. It's actually kind of cool. And it was a book, and it studied the downfall of, it was, like, Elvis, um, Ali, and Lennon. And anyways, he was talking about the Elvis part because that was the first part of the book. And I didn't know this about Elvis's story because I didn't see the movie. I know I need to see the movie because I was a super cute actor in it, but I have not seen it yet. But I didn't know this. But apparently when they, Elvis got to the point in his career where he was basically trapped in Vegas. And maybe some of you don't know this, but his manager, literally, he had a show at like 9 p.m. and like 2 a.m. And they would lock him in his room. He wasn't allowed to go anywhere. And they would shoot him up with drugs to basically get him on a high for the performance. And then they would give him downers to help him like wind down. And he got so addicted to drugs because they were the ones like shooting him up with drugs so that he could perform and keep going so they could make money. And what's crazy is there's more and more stories of like actors and actresses coming out of just how much this industry, how worked to death these people are at the at the the proponent of, of making other people money and it's just devastating it's devastating and when i heard that it almost brought me to my knees because i just felt the holy spirit saying annie you know not this drastic but in a way that is how you're viewing your relationship with god sometimes and that sounds really dark but let me kind of break this down a little bit. I, for so long, my prayer was to be used by God. I was like, God, just use me, use me. And my idea of being used by God was like, I want my books to touch thousands of people. I want my podcast to touch thousands of people. I want your word through me to go wide and far and across so many people. And there was a time in my life, and, and I still struggle with this, where I couldn't rest. I couldn't breathe. My worth was so associated with my productivity because I thought that was the only way that I could be used by God. I also thought that's the only thing God cares about. I thought that's the only thing God cares about was how productive I can be for him. And when I'm tired and when I'm exhausted, I just got to pray a prayer and get jolted by the Holy Spirit and keep going at the expense of me. <laughs> and it sounds crazy, but I think so many of us are like that. So many preachers are like that. They think the only thing God cares about is them working for him and producing for him and multiplying for him. So many people that give, you have the, the, the gift of generosity on your heart. I used to torment myself about, you know, my, one of the churches I'm involved with, you know, you do the, the tithe 10% of your income, but then you also do a year-end offering where you go above and beyond. And I remember last year, 2022, I gave a 
what I believe to be a, a significant amount and what I could at the time. And yet there was this part of me that was like, it's not enough. It's not enough. God's disappointed with you. It's not enough. It's not enough. And I tormented myself over it. And so many of us do that. We think that if we're not producing, he doesn't care. He only cares about our productivity. Some of us think about that with our relationships, with our parents, with our friends. It's like they only care about what I can give them. They only care about what I can do for them. Maybe you're the parent in the household that brings in a majority of the income each year. You're the the breadwinner, as they say. And in your mind, you're like, if I wasn't making the money that gave them what they did, would they even talk to me? Would they even care about me? If I lost it all, would they still check in on me? Or are they checking in to get a check? If I can't, if I can't move for them, if I can't do physical labor for them, maybe you're someone in the household that like you are always the right hand girl or the right hand guy. Like you are always the one that's like, yeah, I'll help with that. Yeah, I can fix that. Yeah, I can do that. What if you were paralyzed? And you're like, if I can't move, would you still love me? Would you still check in on me? And a lot of us begin to act like and be imprisoned by, you know, cousin circumstances of what Elvis Presley was going through, of thinking he's only as good as his performance. And thinking like the only reason they stick around is because of what I can give, even when I have nothing left to give. And so he, re, you know, he got addicted to the drugs, but some of us get addicted to just numbing ourselves out on social media. We numb ourselves out in other ways. I remember last year when I was so upset about the tithing thing, I was so upset about giving and feeling like I hadn't given enough financially. I, I like, I, I couldn't even pray. I was just so disappointed in myself. I felt like I couldn't even pray. So I just scrolled on social media for like three hours. I got in such a scroll hole because I was like, I just want to feel anything that I'm not feeling right now. Just like numb it out. And the biggest thing that this past year I had to learn through forcing myself to rest and God doing that, you know, he makes us lie down in great pastures. When it says that in scripture, he makes us lie down in great pastures, that can sound very forceful. It's for our good. Because sometimes you have to be forced to rest or else you're not going to and you're going to start thinking you're only as good as your productivity. And what I've learned through the grace of God of, of some unforeseen circumstances happening where I had to pause and I had to take a second and I couldn't be productive was that God does want to use you. He wants to. But more than that, More than that, he wants a relationship with you. Yes, God wants to use you. Yes, he has plans to to move through you. But more than that, first, first, you're his daughter. First, you're his son. 
not a vessel of productivity, but his child. More than anything, he wants a relationship with you. So if you're reading scripture, when Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist, it says in scripture, before Jesus did anything, before he healed anybody, before he did any miracle, before he started his ministry, God said, for this is my son, for whom I'm well pleased. God said that before Jesus did anything. God said that before Jesus wasn't anybody by the world's standards. He wasn't famous. He hadn't started his ministry, but God was well pleased with him. More than that, he says, this is my son. Why did he say that first? Because before before God cares about you doing anything for him, he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know you are his daughter. You are his son. He cares about you more than what you can do for him. This took me so long to understand. Truthfully, it still does. It is really hard for me to understand. I don't want to say understand. It's hard for me. It's like it's in my mind, but it's not in my heart. You know what I mean? It's like I know something, but I don't believe it. And I'll tell you why it's hard for me to believe it. Because I still, still to this day, if it is a Saturday afternoon and I'm done with my work for the day, I don't feel comfortable sitting on the couch. I don't. Like there's something more I could be doing. There's something more I could be doing. The idea of just resting when it's not time for sleep. I don't, I still have a really hard time doing it. So for some of you, the line, he makes us lie down in green pastures, that's like, hoorah, let's go. I can do that without even a forceful hand. Like, okay, God, say no more. I'm good. I'm resting. For me, I read that and I'm like, I get really scared by that because my productivity is how I feel like I'm in control. And it's taken me so long to reverse the script and realize it's not productivity and then kinship. Is that the word kinship when you're like a child? I don't know the word. Pretend that's the word. Let's pretend that's the word. First, it's kinship. If that's not the word and I'm saying this real wanky wank, let me know. Um, first, you are his child. And through that, he wants to use you. There's nothing you can do or not do that will make you any more loved than you are right now. Truthfully. And I don't know who needs to know that. 
but I promise you are no more or less loved ever than you are right now, just as you are, as a daughter, as a son. And from that, I realized the importance of developing relationships with people that mirror that. I've lived most of my life in relationship with people that was the opposite. It was performance-based. It was popularity-based. It was status-based. It was what you can do for me, how you can make me look. And now that I'm 24, it took kind of the brave decision to put a pause on those relationships and step out. And for a while, which was a really lonely season, because I wanted to reestablish relationships that were rooted in the unconditional love. And that's so important. And some of us think, I don't deserve that kind of love. Everything I've got in life, the hardships, the struggles, I kind of had it coming. I was at my, um, oh my goodness, I was at my, this is not going to make me look very good as a Bible study leader, but I was at my middle school Bible study group today and we were talking about bullying. And I, y'all know, I take bullying very seriously. I hate bullying. It is like the cause. I hate bullying so much. It breaks my heart. And we were talking about it today. And every single one of the girls in my group said, yeah, I think people just are too sensitive nowadays. I don't think bullying really exists. I think people are just too sensitive. And the people that are bullied kind of had it coming. Y'all. Y'all about seeing, I had a cow. I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. We need to pray in this room right now that we are convicted because what, what? Um, and it broke my heart because it, it made me think about just how many people think God's that way. People think, oh, I messed up. I did all this. I didn't give. I didn't love. I didn't forgive. I, I kind of had all this crap in my life coming. And so we don't think we deserve a love that is kinship first and then productivity. And I just want you to hear me that God is not, I'm not trying to put down my middle school girl group. We prayed a lot after that. Just know that we prayed a lot after that. But, and there were some lessons learned, but he's not like a middle school girl. He's not saying, you got it coming. You deserve this. He didn't look at my reputation of working for worth and saying, yeah, you got what you coming, this smack in the face of, you know, not understanding that my love doesn't come from that. He didn't, he didn't do it that way. And some of us just need to let that seep into our innermost fibers of our soul that we are loved immeasurably more, immeasurably more. Romans 8, 38, and I am convinced nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today or worries for tomorrow, no power in the sky or earth. Nothing 
in all creation could ever separate us from the love of God revealed in us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. What does nothing mean? Nothing. Not your productivity or lack thereof. You don't have to work yourself to death for approval. And I just want to free anyone today from that chain, from that captivity, because I know so well what that feels like. And it is a chain. It is a chain of captivity. It's okay. It's okay. There's a greater power that's saying, I want more than anything, a relationship with you. The you that doesn't know what to do. The you that cries in the closet. The you that tries to hold it all together when all you want to do is fall apart. The you that has no idea what's about to come. The you that is scared all the time. The you that has a really hard time falling asleep because your anxiety hurts your heart so bad, you literally feel like it's gonna explode. The you that is afraid of people sometimes. The you that has a really hard time letting anyone in. The you that feels like you're a failure even though you're doing all you physically and mentally and emotionally can. The you that's sick of praying because you feel like it doesn't work. The you that doubts me at times. The you that feel like you have nowhere to turn and nowhere to go. The you that feels like you're at the end of the, your rope. The you that's afraid to send that text. The you that's afraid to make that call. The you that feels like you made the wrong decision. The you that doesn't know which decision to make. All of those versions of you, I want that. He says, I want that. Not to use like a puppet on in the theater, but to be in relationship with. To be in relationship with. I think the biggest revelation in my faith journey so far is the power of relationship with God. Not work for God, not productivity for God, not even being used by God, but just being known by him and in relationship with him. That breaks chains. That breaks curses. That breaks suicidal thoughts. That breaks depression. That breaks discouragement. That breaks fear. That breaks anxiety. That breaks words spoken by people from an angry and deep and dark, painful place. That's the only thing that breaks it. And you have that in you. So for whoever needs it today, whoever this word was for, I wish, again, it was just you and me at a coffee shop. And what I would do is I would hold my coffee mug close to my chest because I always do that when I'm drinking coffee with people. And I would look you straight in the eyes and I would say, my beautiful friend, 
never forget how loved you are and how amazing you were made and how every part of you, not just the good parts, but every part of you, God welcomes. It's an unconditional acceptance. It's a covenant. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You can't work your way to that. It's just been given to you. All that's left for you to do is just receive it like a gift, perfectly wrapped, sitting under the tree. Everyone has this gift under their tree, but you got to open it. Just open it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work your way for it. You don't have to pay for it. Nope. It's already been paid. It's just there for you to open. Not everyone's going to open it. For a lot of people, it's just going to sit there looking pretty, but collecting dust over the years under the tree because you're not going to open it. But don't be that person. Open your gift. It was given to you. Not because you were so great, so powerful, but just because you were made by him and you're known by him and you're loved by him. And that's a covenant which means always, not our human definition of always, which means when we feel like it, but God's always, which is always. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm praying for you. Amen. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening all the way through. The fact that you did says so much about your willingness and curiosity to get into your personal development and growth. You guys, if this episode touched you and your spirit in any way, I pray that you share with two friends that you think would really find value in this. This is how these messages get around. And I know I personally just really appreciate when a friend thinks of me when they listen to something and think that I'll find value in it as well. Also, if you find so willing, please tag to your Instagram stories and make sure to tag Annie B. Mayfield. At the end of every month, I will be doing a drawing from everyone that is posted on their Instagram stories for a $50 Amazon gift card. You guys, I appreciate and love you all so much. Have an amazing day.